Welcome back to the show. Vancouver is home to Canada's second largest Filipino community with nearly 134,000 residents. Filipinos in Vancouver make up the third largest Asian-Canadian invisible minority group behind the Chinese and South Asian communities. They are a fast-growing community themselves, and each individual has a story to tell about leaving their native land. Jen Lee Austria Bonifacio has written a novel about the Filipino community's diaspora experience. Reuniting with Strangers invites the reader into the fractured and chaotic worlds of Filipino-Canadian families attempting to reassemble after years apart. It is a poignant exploration of cultural loss. Author Genelie Austria Bonifacio joins us now. Genelie, thank you for speaking to us today. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you, Jack. Um, your book, Reuniting with Strangers, um, what motivated you to write it? So, when I first graduated from school, um, my job was as a school settlement worker, which is like a newcomer counselor. Mm-hmm. And I was put in a lot of schools, a very high Filipino population. And following that, I ended up being a consultant in different school boards to teach teachers about the Filipino community and how to reach us better. And honestly, this book came out of both of those experiences, because when you work with newcomers, mm-hmm. you feel a lot like their voices are not being heard. And then when you work with teachers, you realize where the gaps are, what teachers don't know, and what, what they're excited to know about, and what they are kind of surprised to know about. And so this book is really just a natural extension of the community work that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. The issue uh, specifically in regards to that, reuniting with strangers, um, is it really a focus on a continued quest for identity for, for so many of the Filipino diaspora? Absolutely. So... When we look at the Filipino newcomer community, what unites so many of us is the issue of family reunification. And when we look at teenagers and then children and the impacts of that over the years, when we look at spouses that can't get along anymore or, you know, grandparents that have been left behind in the Philippines and they're separated from their own children, what are the long-term impacts of this? And I really wanted to look at reunification and the caregiver experience specifically to that way show people, step back, look into the Filipino apartment buildings and look into their text messages and into their emails. What's really happening behind the scenes? Um, The identity thing is so interesting because I feel like oftentimes the Filipino community is associated with being very cheerful, Mm -hmm. being very happy, and we are, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, But also, I wanted to make sure that we show a side of anger as well and how emotional things are getting. We are a community that often puts on a very brave face, which is okay, too, but we need to also be able to tell our truth. Mm-hmm. That's how this book came about. Uh, how did you go about your research? Because it is such a wide topic, and there's uh, such a diversity of perspectives and views and experiences. How did you go about your research? That's a great question. So when I told you about being a school board consultant, Uh, I run something called Filipino Talks, which basically means I go into different school boards and I help build bridges between educators and Filipino families. Mm -hmm. Before I even go into the schools, though, what I do is I have the staff survey the Filipino students for me. And so it's it's things like, how long were you severed from your mom, uh, from your dad? How happy are you in Canada? How much do you want to go back to the Philippines? How many hours do you work a day? What is your relationship like with your mom and your dad? All these kind of things. So that way I have an idea of what I'm going to be walking into. And also that way when I walk into a school, I can show the teachers, this is data from your own students. This is not data that I just pulled out of the air. These are your own students. 
And so after that, um, doing that for a couple of years, I now have data from 1,200 Filipino students, which is a lot. And when you look at all the, the things that kind of are throughout our diaspora, things that are impacting the youth especially, um, like, like disengagement in school or they're having very fraught relationships with extended family or they can't make it work with their moms. They really want their moms to understand that they just can't. It's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so the main character of this book, his name is Monolith. He's five years old, and he's based on a real student, not one of mine. Um, so what happened was I went into a school as a settlement worker, and the teacher said to me, oh, it's too bad that you came now because we really had – a situation with a family, but they've already moved on to another school. The situation was such that he was five years old, newly reunited with his mom, very, very violent, very angry. And so at nighttime, the mom would call people to help straightjacket him, to calm him down, so that way she could put him to bed at night. And I thought to myself, okay, like just put aside the straightjacketing, obviously, that's a whole other issue. But let's really look at this boy why is he so mad is it that he was left behind all of a sudden he wasn't even sure he was coming to canada was it a surprise who took care of him in the philippines if he missed that person does he speak english it's his mom only speaking to him in english now that he's in canada Mm -hmm. what are the different reasons why and so let's really explore the anger behind the separation from your mom the first time and also the separation from whoever's taking care of you in the Philippines after you come to Canada. Now, generally, some of these stories can be quite traumatic with the tremendous amount of sacrifice for any community when you're leaving and the disconnection from the homeland and family and you're trying to find your way in the new world that uh, you have now moved to. How did it resonate with you personally? How emotional was it for you just to listen and do the research? It's so much emotional labor. And I myself am a very cheerful person, thank goodness. But at the same time, it's very hard to process this if you don't have an outlet. So for me, the, the outlet was writing, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I know other people process through dance or through music. But for me, it was, okay, This now it's midnight. The world is quiet. I can't sleep because I'm thinking about these poor students and like their parents. And why can't this work? And how are we going to make this work? And you worry and worry. And so I thought, okay. If I can put it into writing, then I can sleep. And this is the book that came out of all those late nights where I was just worried about the people that I was serving. Is that your writing process, writing late at night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Unfortunately, I am definitely keeping with artist hours. Um, around midnight, my brain just lights up, and I can't not do something. And it's so funny because I know that other writers, they wake up very early, you know, 6 in the morning, and they have that one hour of bliss where no one's bothering them. Uh, For me, it's definitely late at night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, This is a very broad question, but based on your research, your book, and obviously your your experience, is the Filipino community in in this country um, at a healthy place? Uh, Do you feel that they're finding their way in in Canada while still trying to hold on to their community and culture uh, from, from the old country? Oh, this is such a good question because over the course of this book's you know, coming into being, mm-hmm. I have felt increasingly like this is the best time to be Filipino in Canada. This is it. And then the next year it gets even better. And then the next year it gets even better. And I'm thinking, what a privilege to be part of this community. For one thing, 
I feel like we're getting more community organizations than ever. And a lot of them are run by young people, which is fantastic. We're getting a lot more role models in different communities. So ones that are doing, you know, things in, like, say, accounting or in politics or in teaching. And just seeing the number of role models who are willing to mentor the next generation is fantastic. Um, and I'm just, I'm in awe, honestly, of all of the different people across Canada who've been reaching out to me. Like, in the book has only been out for a month. And the response has been tremendous. And the amount of fan mail I've been getting from people, I don't know. At first, I thought it would just be from, you know, my old friends and maybe a couple of relatives. But no, it's like from people that I, I've never met before. And the stories are really touching them. I think part of it is because I made sure that although I live in Toronto, I had to make sure that the stories did not take place only in Toronto. And so that's where they take place in Asoyas. They're in um, Nunavut. They're in Cotonège in Montreal. Uh, we've got Oakville. We've got Sarnia, where I grew up. And we have to talk about diaspora in a way that's beyond the metropolis, right? Mm -hmm. And embrace the people that are really in spots where it's very hard to be Filipino sometimes, and how are they dealing with that? Mm -hmm. What do you think, um, I'm curious, why do uh, Filipinos feel close to Canada? What is it about Canada that the Filipino community likes? It's not just that they emigrate to Canada, they go to many other countries as well. Uh, but what is it about Canada, the, the, what is the power and allure of Canada in your mind? So Canada is an interesting place because of the caregiver program. We have this program where you can finish it and then afterwards apply for permanent residence. I know in other places, say, for instance, um, Riyadh, uh, that's one place where the book takes place, and you can't get citizenship there. You can't get permanent residence there. You're just forever on a work visa. Mm -hmm. So at least Canada offers newcomers a way to permanently settle and to therefore sponsor their families over, reunite. So nowadays, because the caregiver program, for Filipinos anyway, has been around since like the 90s, we are reaching a point where there are entire extended families of Filipinos in Canada who can be traced back to one single caregiver. How amazing is that? So it's kind of like the way when we look at the U.S., this situation happened with nurses back in the day. So entire clans can be traced back to one Filipino nurse. So for Canada, it's a lot of the times one Filipino caregiver. Well, Jen Lee, uh, thank you for your time today. The book is Reuniting with Strangers. I highly recommend people pick it up. Uh, it is a great story uh, of the Filipino community's um, journey uh, to Canada and the challenges and struggles that are there as well. It, it points to uh, any time one leaves one's homeland, uh, the challenges that are there and, uh, and how people uh, do overcome them as well. Jen Lee, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much and happy Thanksgiving.